Welcome to the cast, the podcast. I'm Michelle. And? I'm Joe. I'm Emily. And Joe we're, and Emily, I'm really excited today because we have our first guest on Alamo Anthem. So I want to introduce Mr. Lloyd Richardson, who is the head of the Medina County Tax Advocates. Uh, Lloyd, welcome to our show. Thank you. Glad to be here. Can you pause for a second? Yeah. Emily's trying to tell you. What? Take your headphones off and un... Oh, okay, because you're hearing the tapping, aren't you? Okay. Sorry about that. Okay. Do you want me to do it again? Was the tapping that bad or not? No. Okay, just keep going. Okay, Lloyd, we're so glad you came today. Um, Lloyd, we were hoping you would come and explain a little bit about your organization that you just recently started, the Medina County Tax Advocates, and how you came to be to start that organization. Okay, well, really we shortened it up to the MTA. Um, how this all started really is back in 2018, 2019, I wrote a couple of articles about how senior citizens in Medina County were getting taxed out of their homes from inflated property taxes. What happened with that is I got a, a, a few people responding to my newspaper ads, the articles that I wrote, and we all got together and determined it would probably be a good idea if I would run for county commissioner in order to deal with that particular issue. Mm -hmm. uh, one of many things with the, as a county commissioner, it would have gave me a, a good format to, to make a change. Um, I ran for commissioner in 2022. It was a very tough deal, but I, I did not win. I won the primary, but I lost in the regular election. But this issue was so important to me that I decided that we just needed to keep going and not just let it go. So we started off strictly as looking for a way to help seniors with these inflated property taxes. But at about our second meeting that we had, we had some younger people show up that thought it would be a real good idea if we would be able to talk and help regular people, not just senior citizens. Property taxes affect everyone, and they're very, very high. And we agreed that we could probably do something like that. Of course, our first issue, and what is still top of my list, is the um, property tax relief for senior citizens. Um, I'll explain a couple of things about how that happens. The reason the property taxes are so high for everybody in Medina County right now. And it's really an inflated appraisal value problem. It's a gentrification issue that happens across the United States, most notably in California. About 1978, they had the very same issue take place. In uh, Medina County up in Castroville, they're building 17,000 brand new homes, all of them half a million dollars or more in value. And because of that huge influx of money, and and high-priced homes, it's affecting everyone in Medina County as far as their appraisal values. And there's a couple of things I've found with research that affect it also. But that's made the property value in the last five years quadruple. You know, your $150,000 home is now a $350,000 home and property. And those increased uh appraisals are what drive up the property taxes okay so uh what did they do in california to to combat that well they came up with a thing called proposition 13 which is 
relatively unpopular in Texas, but what they did is they, they came up with a proposition that capped how much they could raise your property value to 2% per year. Oh. Right now in Texas, the uh, it's 10%. For the homestead. Yeah, the homestead. Um, there's two things that you got to remember. There's two things. There's taxable value and appraised value. They're not the same thing. Appraised value is what they say you can get for your home if it was sold on the open market. And that's what they're basing their appraisals on now. It didn't used to be that way probably six years ago. But now, that's how they do it. It's strictly just like a real estate company says your house is worth a half a million dollars. That's what the county's using. They're going well, by that same how thing. Did, go ahead, Joe. I'm sorry. I think we were going to ask the same question. Yeah, how ahead. did they do it six years ago or so? Prior to that, there was actually two scales. There was a tax appraisal value and a market value. Two different things. Now, they made it all one. It's all market value. Who made it all one? Legisla- or the legislature in Austin, state legislature. This is one of the reasons why I'm trying to help seniors as opposed to regular people, because it's easier. Because what you got to remember is once you're over 65, the county is in control of what your exemption rate is for anyone over 65. Under 65, the state legislature in Austin is in charge of what that exemption rate is. So you're saying that they, on the local level in the county, they have more wiggle room with the seniors. Absolutely. As, yeah, but for the rest of us, they, there's nothing they can do, right. is what you're saying. Well, there's pretty much nothing they're, they're going to do anyway because the county commissioners are not going to agree to do anything that reduces revenue. So this plan that I've written this this bill that I'm trying to turn into a referendum to get on the ballot will never pass through the commissioner's court because it it reduces their revenue. And you got to go ahead. Which is the reason that you want to do it as an initiative instead. Is right. that right? Right. Now, we're going to have to present it to the commissioner's court first anyway, just as a matter of procedure. Mm-hmm. Once we get a legal document that we can we can propose and we'll go before the commissioner's court but they're they're not going to approve it i've had meetings with several of them including a meeting with the county judge himself and they have it's very easy for a county commissioner's court to come up with endless reasons why they need more revenue i mean they can go on forever it's never going to change we need this we need that They've gone from revenue of $30 million five years ago to $69 million in 2023. That's the increase. And in my mind, it's time now, especially with all these new homes being built in Castroville, the increased revenue, all of those tax bases are going to create for Medina County. Right now is when we need to make a change because if we... If we put my program in and we help the low-income seniors two years from now, they won't even notice that money's gone Mm -hmm. because their increases are coming so fast, it will be an afterthought. Um, So that's why I think it's important in 2024 that we get this pushed through. And it's not like it's a brand-new idea. Yeah, I was going to ask you, like, where mm, where did you come up with this plan? My plan is a version of what is used in Harris County over by Houston. They've had this in place for many years over there. They probably do the best job of anywhere in Texas as far as taking care of their senior citizens. Mm. Um, It's far more aggressive than what I'm proposing Hmm. because uh, what I'm proposing is just to limit it to 
low-income seniors, and, and I'm calling that at $50,000 per family, that's, that's the line. You have to make that or less in order to qualify for that program. And on my program, you'd actually have to apply for it with the county. In, uh, in Harris County, it's automatic. You turn 65, that's the law, that's the way it goes. And we're never going to get anything like that pushed through here. We've got to walk before we can run. So if we can get this initiative put in and take care of the low-income seniors, then we go to the next plan. What's our next improvement we can make? Maybe uh, there's, there's a lot of things we can do for regular people that aren't 65. There's a whole list of things that the, the commissioner's court could do. If you start looking at what is possible, they do have some latitude on regular people up to $5,000 to increase your individual exemption rate. But they won't do that. It's an option for them, but it's going to lose revenue for them. So they're not going to do it. Is that just for low-income nope, regular people nope. or for who? Anybody in Medina County. There are several programs that the commissioner's court could invoke this plan that would give everyone an additional $5,000 exemption. For there's just, a, there's just a whole list of things they could be doing. Okay. I, I think that the point um, about new revenue coming in is a really good and important thing because anytime that you want to do anything that changes, you know, their, their revenue, it's always this question of pain, right? Mm -hmm. Nobody wants to uh, do things that is going to make people lose their jobs or anything like that. Mm -hmm. But, and everybody benefits uh, differently from the government, I would say like, there are different ways in which, oh, I, I rely on this program. I really like that the city does this. I really like the county does this. And so when you start, you could kind of appeal to anybody when you say, well, if we make those cuts, then this is going to go away. Well, this is going to go away. Mm -hmm. And I think that there's lots of different ways to convince people that they don't want those services to go away. Mm -hmm. But what's nice about this is that it's really what we're talking about is just not giving them more money. Mm -hmm. uh, when when all that increase comes in and the the natural state of the bureaucracy is like the like you said earlier the maximum amount possible they always want more you could double triple quadruple the yeah, budget there's no end yes. they'll always come up with something else to spend money on it's better to not let them get used to it in the first place no well, that that's part of it too yeah. I I have a kind of a challenging question for you Lloyd what what do you say to those people that um would say, hey, the seniors already have an exemption. Well, the exemption that seniors have right now is kind of smoke and mirrors because um, what they did is they basically freeze what your property taxes are. Just if the you school happen, tax, right? Uh, I think it's just the school School portion. and county now. County oh, okay. also signed off oh, on good. it. But but here's the deal. If, if they did this six years ago, it would have meant something. But now, over the last five years, everybody's property value is inflated so high, and your tax rate is so high. Mm -hmm. What senior citizen living on Social Security, if you freeze his property taxes at $6,500 a year, right. you're not helping him. It's already too high. It's, you're freezing at a level that he couldn't afford to pay in the first place. Now, if they wanted to change that and revert back to 2015 tax numbers and freeze it there, well, then they'd be doing something. But freezing it at 2020 or 2023 levels is it's meaningless. Okay, so what about 
the current law that just passed on Tuesday the 7th um, with the homestead exemption increase, does that help the senior citizens at all? No, that helps regular people, but it's, again, it's a very smoke and mirror situation. It, it, they want to make it sound like they're giving you a $100,000 exemption, and boy, aren't we great for doing it. But what you got to look at, again, is two different tax areas, appraisal value and taxable value. If they're taking $100,000 off the value of your home, that's what the exemption is, but your property has gone up $300,000 in a few years, how much difference is that really going to make? Okay. It's what's going to happen is that that hundred thousand you're already getting a, like a forty thousand dollar exemption. Mm-hmm. So it's sixty more. It's not a hundred on top of. It's a total of a hundred. So you're getting sixty more, and then again you go with that inflated property value over the last five years. That sixty percent, the average guy is going to see two hundred dollars, three hundred dollars difference. Now, Which this go year, sorry, <laughs> go, ahead. go ahead, Michelle. Now, I, you probably have something more relevant to say. Okay, I was going to say, and I know you, I promised you I wouldn't get political, but I do have to ask this question. Oh, no. <laughs> we, How, we can cut anything out. We just can. So you know. I just yeah. am curious. We can cut anything mm-hmm. out. Um, how is it, you talked about six years ago, how mm-hmm. they were, had done, they had legislated, they passed in the legislation to combine the appraisal value mm-hmm. and the taxable value. Right. How did Texas, being the conservative state that it supposedly is, do that? Yeah, you got me. There there's a there's another part to that story that's that's equally interesting. There's lots of things when you go through the appraisal district that are half truths when you when you look at how they do things. I have it on good authority, and and nobody is in the appraisal department is going to admit this. But if they appraise property and it isn't high enough, the state actually sends it back and insists that they raise it higher. The local appraisal district does not have final word. The state does. Why do they care if it's all in the local level? It's very simple because if, if they increase our property value and our taxes then they have to pay less percentage on the schools you will pay more okay so what they're doing the state will pay less that's what you're saying right if you look at texas they are way behind the rest of the united states on what percentage that texas pays towards public schools we're like 32 percent the rest of the the rest of the country is almost 50 percent you mean from the state level right. funding, but, Texas, but right. the the cost per student is probably is more or less on par the last time I checked. Probably, yeah. but I'm talking about the amount of money right. they put into the pie. It takes, mm-hmm. it takes 100, whatever number you want to put on. It yeah. takes that amount of number to operate the schools. The state is only paying 32%. The rest of that is being paid mm-hmm. by taxpayers. Right. No, let me ask. Well, just real quick. I just... <laughs> The reason I asked is, is because it, I didn't want people thinking that, well, maybe we just spend less overall on schooling, so it's okay that the state pays. But that's not the case. The case is that we still pay just as much for education or the public schools than anybody else does, but the state is paying a less percentage, and it's, it falls more right. on local taxes. Right. Mm-hmm. Hang on. 
When you move that paper, you can hear it pretty loud. I just wanted to let you know. You might need it, though. I don't know. Yeah, so far I haven't. You're doing great. Okay. I just wanted you to know I could hear that. So okay. It's not so much. Do you know the details of the part of Prop 4 that just passed regarding how much money the state is saying that they're going to give to the schools? Because I know that was part of the proposition. They were saying they were going to give more. No, okay. I do not. Okay. I, don't, I don't have that. I I've basically focused on how it's going to affect people's property taxes. Right. I don't really have any of those other details. Okay. One other question that I, again, I'm not trying to get political, but what source of revenue does the state get? Do they get a portion of our property tax or where is the state's revenue coming from? Or Absolutely. Tax? Property taxes. Yeah. Both property and sales. Yeah, tax? They get a percentage of the property. I, tax the reason too. I ask is not everyone is up to speed on how this works, you know, for our listeners mm -hmm. who are new to trying to understand how taxes work yeah. and everything. Texas is a non-income tax state, but they have to get their revenue from somewhere. Yeah. So I guess it's a combination. I don't know the exact numbers, how that works, but I will tell you that Texas is one of only six or seven states in the, of the whole United States that pays for their schools out of property taxes. There's only six or seven states. The rest of them all do it differently. Mm -hmm. The most common is a state uh, income tax. Yeah, right. We don't have that we in Texas, that. and that always sounds like a good thing. Right. But if you if you look at it realistically, um, if you separated out the uh, school taxes from the property taxes, and then they would tax the people that makes the most money more. <laughs> and the people that make the least money less, it would actually work out better for everyone. Right. If you had a state income tax as opposed to putting everything on property tax. So oh, I just, Emily I just looked it up that. here. It says the largest sources... <clears throat> the largest sources of state tax revenue for Texas are sales tax, the franchise tax, which is the state's primary business tax, and then motor vehicle-related taxes. So, so there you okay. Go. Um, okay. So tell us a little bit about your plan so that seniors know what they can do. Uh, what, what exactly are you trying to do? Like where, what are you doing? What, what are they going to get out of it? Well, what we, what I want to do is I want to attach the median price of a home in Medina Valley or Medina County and make that their exemption. Okay. So, so if they where raise would you get evaluation, that's hmm? what is, are you saying all of these seniors, their houses, you would tax it at that rate or as though it were appraised at that value? Well, the way it works out is it pretty much eliminates each other. So if you got to take the median price throughout the whole county, let's say it's uh, $325,000. If, if their property value is less than that, then they're going to zero out. If it's a little more, then they're going to have to pay a little bit but it really pretty much wipes out their taxes. The reason you want to do that is if the median price continues to climb, which it, which has been doing, if you set them a, at a certain exemption rate in three or four years, they're going to be right back in the same boat. They're not going to be able to pay it. So if you attach that exemption rate to the median price of a home in Medina County, then when it goes up, the exemption rate goes up. They will always be covered. And that's how they did it in, Hughes, or in in Harris County. What they did in addition that I'm not doing is they added another 20% of the market value of the house on top of that. 
Now, the reason they did that is because there's a big difference between homes in Divine and homes in Castroville. So maybe it doesn't cover, you know. So they added another 20% on top of there to really make sure that nobody got lost in the weeds on that deal. But I'm trying to be conservative on this approach and get something that we can get past. So I'm not trying to nitpick them. If we could get this part of it done, it's going to make a big noticeable difference on low-income seniors. Yeah. And there's a lot of other little things that they've done that we're not trying to do. They don't have that $50,000 limit either. It's mm -hmm. anyone over 65, that's the law. Well, we're to putting the $50,000 limit there to admit that, hey, Medina County isn't Harris County. We don't have the amount of people and money that they do. We have to approach it a little bit differently and not hurt the county. But I honestly believe if you check the numbers, the amount of people that are going to benefit by this compared to the amount of lost revenue is negligible. Mm. Okay. So after mm. the uh, county commissioner rejects the proposal, right? Then, what's the next step? Then you go to a petition signature system where at that point, then we're going to have to apply to probably going to have to contact the secretary of state's office and get a number that they're going to require this number of signatures to get that on the ballot. I'm not sure yet who really determines that probably going to be in the neighborhood of two to 3000 signatures mm. in order to, to get that on the ballot. I believe that if we get it on the ballot, we've won. It's over. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, because everyone's for helping the senior yeah, citizens. There's no right. way it's not going to pass if it gets on the ballot. So um, what what is something that someone can do? Okay, let me start that again. <clears throat> so what is something that people can do right now? Like if they have 10 minutes after listening to this podcast or if they pause it, what can they do right now to support this cause? Well, as like every other nonprofit nonpartisan thing that you see it's always about money and we're, we need money for lawyers right now our biggest problem is we can't just get a local loyal lawyer to volunteer to help us we've already had that we need a legislative attorney group to rewrite this bill that i've got and make it into a legal referendum mm. and not just anybody can do that I've uh, tried several pro bono. I've, I've applied in Austin and Dallas with these specific legislative attorney firms, and I can't get anybody even to return a phone call. They're not even mm. interested. So we need to raise money. Um, we can give you a website that you can go to, and it's got all our information on there, exact stuff I've been talking about. It's all in print. You can read it, but you can go there and, and make a donation to help us get the uh, legal help that we need to make this happen. Do we have that website? Yeah, it's right here. It's MCT or like mctaxpayeradvocates.org. And we'll put that in our show notes as well. Why don't you take another run at it? <laughs> okay. <laughs> mctaxpayeradvocates.org. Great. And then, yeah, like you said, we'll, we'll have that in the show notes. Um, and then I just wanted to, to point something out because this is something that we've, we, we've been to MTA meetings mm -hmm. and we, um, have asked questions there. Mm -hmm. And I think, uh, something I don't want to glaze over is that if we don't have the paperwork and the wording 
and everything perfect, then they will reject it without reviewing at the at the county. And so what we really need is to be able to um, get them to accept the documents in order to be able to review it and say, no, we're not going to pass this. But if we have anything wrong, if all the, the T's aren't crossed and the I's aren't dotted, then they'll... They, they won't even look at it. It, it won't even make and, it to their desk. And we need it to make it to their desk so they reject it. Exactly. Right. <laughs> exactly. That's so weird. But, because it has to be rejected in that process right. in, in order to then... They won't reject it because that. it's not properly done. They don't have to. Yeah. So they can they can shelf it because it's not done properly. Right. And we can't allow that to happen. That's why we got to have this legislative attorney firm write the document before we even go to the commissioner's court officially. So that that can't happen. Okay, and then the other, the only that I just had a brilliant idea. <laughs> Chat GPT. Couldn't we do that? Well, you would still need a lawyer to look still? it over and make it perfect. Well, so they, they have it. I don't know. They have it. We could. Sure. It's a great idea. We'll though. look into it. Do but, you know what that? You know about it, right? Would yeah. that be something we could do? Is just like have them write the. I mean, if they are programmed. You're talking about AI writing it. Yeah. And, well, you can get close, but it's still. They'll find something, you know. I, I mean, well, it sounds like they'll I don't find know how close anyway. that we could get. Huh? I think it could get perfect. Well, maybe you're right. But are you going to risk it? Are you going to go? We could get a lawyer to sign off on it, but have. Yeah, but what kind of lawyer? Just a regular lawyer isn't going to be able to do we'll it. We'll find one. I think no matter what, you're going to need a lawyer. Oh, yeah. To review it thoroughly uh, and then and, and make sure yeah. that it's okay. any idea you can come up with to get this thing legally done in a fashion that we could afford to do. That's. And I, I'm not stuck on any any way. If you can get AI to do it and we can get some attorney to approve it, yeah. goal, you know, I'm I'm all for it. It I right now I don't even what I was planning on doing is if we could get enough money together would be to go to one of these legislative attorney firms and see how much it would cost just for the first interview to to see what they would be charging us because as of right now, without offering up to pay for a visit, they're they're not even talking to us. Okay. So um, I just want to say that for people who they say, well, you know, I would like to. <clears throat> okay, I'm going to start over again then. Mm-hmm. Um, it sounds good in my. I guess maybe I just need to turn down so it doesn't sound as good. <laughs> um, okay, so for people who maybe they they don't feel like. I don't really give money to these things that often I'm trying to save money, not, not, you know, send five, $10 or whatever, which mm-hmm. is really all we're kind of asking, right? Is just exactly. a few dollars. Like it could be anything, but wh- one thing that everybody can do, uh, even if you're not ready for to do that is send you an email, I think, because then we, we get on the email list and then for any updates, you could say, okay, this is what's going on. We're having this meeting on this day and you can kind of just keep your eye on it and, and then eventually, hopefully, it will get to the point where, like, okay, this is on the ballot, and then we can email everybody and be like, okay, this is the time to, to pass it. So just it really, it would only take a couple minutes right now to send Lloyd an email. And what is the email address that would be best for this? Uh, it's Lloyd, L-O-Y-D, 55 at yahoo.com. Okay, great. And we'll have that in the show notes as well. Yeah, so that's that. right. That that's a big part of what we're doing. We got a meeting coming up on the 18th of this month in Castroville, and that's a big part of what we're doing is trying to get people to sign on to the mailing list. We have a little form you fill out when you get there, 
And what that's going to do for us, even if we don't get a donation from you, what that's going to do is when it's time to get those petition signatures, we're going to have a database full of emails and contacts that we can call say we're okay now we're all going to meet and we're going to sign these forms or whatever but it gives us a head start when we need to to get the signatures Excellent. we've got about 90 supporters right now mm-hmm. on our on our uh, i've got a big spreadsheet that i keep adding to as these meetings take place so sometimes online i see these things where it'll tell you that you can uh you know, ask for your signature and like a digital, like you just click here and it's mm-hmm. like, okay, that counts. I always wonder if that's legitimate or not. Do you know if like, do are we that looking for I physical or I, digital? You know, I, I would say it's probably not on this because they're going to give us petition forms from the uh, Secretary of State's office. And we're going to have to fill everybody's name and address and every signature on each line on their particular form that they go back and review before they say we've got enough signatures. So okay, so don't like not. spill your food on them or anything then. <laughs> no, we're going to have to take a clipboard and go have a meeting and get as many signatures as we can, stand out in front of Walmart and see how many people we can get to sign it. It's going to be a I think you should process. schedule it for the summer after everyone gets their protest or their notice of, you know, so, and then go stand by the mm-hmm. office of the, the tax office. Yeah. Well, you notice that the meeting's on the 18th any day now. Today or, I mean, any day you're going to get your actual tax bill, not the appraisal value. The bill is due now. That's why I'm doing this oh, in okay. the time frame that I'm doing it. Yeah. The first week of November is when they actually mail out the bill. So on the 12th, I'm sending out the email to every all 90 supporters we have right now about this meeting in Castroville. On Tuesday of that week, I've got an ad coming, or I'm sorry, on Wednesday, we've got an ad in the Divine News. Mm-hmm. And on Thursday, we've got it in the Hondo Anvil Herald. Mm-hmm. And then that following 18th on that Saturday, we have our meeting. So everybody should have that mean bill in front of them, getting them upset about how high that is Mm -hmm. before we have our meeting and before those ad comes out. So it is a timing thing. Tell us again when that meeting is and where. Um, It's at Braden Keller Center in in Castroville. It's 630 on Saturday the 18th. Okay. Mark your calendars for Saturday the 18th at 630 Mm -hmm. Braden Keller Center. Yeah, something. Mm-hmm. I should know this. Mm-hmm. Oh, he has it. Lloyd, I don't know if you know this, but we uh, all homeschool our kids. And I assumed. But, we mm-hmm. meet with a, a group of homeschoolers at the Braden Keller Center every Wednesday. Oh, do you? Familiar yeah. Yeah, that building. Okay, here it is. Okay, so we're going to go ahead and read that. Uh, I don't read things out loud very much. <laughs> <laughs> the Braden Keller Center community. Sorry. <laughs> Braden Keller Community Center. I can't without laughing. Now. You do it, Michelle. Okay. So the meeting, the next meeting. And I was worried about it. <laughs> this happens all the time. So much editing. It's so much editing. Okay. The public meeting is on Saturday, November 18th at 6.30 p.m. at the Braden Keller Community Center, which is at 1410 Amelia Street, Casterville, Texas, 78009. Awesome. We'll put that in the show notes as well. Okay. Well, Lloyd, is there any other things you want us to know about with your plan? 
There probably is, and I'll remember them as I'm walking out the door. <laughs> Can we have right you right back to, for updates occasionally? Sure. Awesome. Sure. I'm, I'm not very far away. I just looped down the hill. There, so. Okay. Well, we're so glad that you came and had... Uh, we're so grateful for your time today and explaining your, your mission, your plan with the MTA. Um, I know that it's an important cause. We want to help the seniors, and we're really grateful for all you do. Thanks for your time today. All right. You're more than welcome. Thanks. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you. All righty. Was that okay? All right. <clears throat> Are we recording? Yeah. Okay. Hey, wait. Go. Let's, hold on. Let there be silence for, like, a few seconds. Okay. That helps with taking out the Now you have to do it level. again. What are you talking about? Why don't you just jump in right there? Because that was for... I was explaining why I did it. <laughs> just go. <clears throat> All right. Welcome to the show. <laughs> How do we start? We need like, I need to like write down a start, starting. All right. Welcome to the show. Hey, Michelle, Jim. Emily, how are you doing? Good. Yeah. It's nice out today. Finally, the temperatures dropped. I'm tired of these like Indian falls, you know, Indian summers, I guess. No, that's when that's warm for <laughs> a long time up. after that. Are you just. <laughs> <laughs> I'm tired of Indian givers. <laughs> <laughs> um, You're just an anti. Anyways, let's but, cut that. All right. Our boys, they were doing this the other day to each other and <laughs> Edmund Kepon's calling them. Uh, American Indian burns. I w- <laughs> Native American burns. You know, I was listening to a book about American history the other day, and turns out a lot of times when the Puritans would buy, like purchase property from the Indians, which they did, they didn't just take it, mm-hmm. that then later if the Indians had uh, seller's remorse, that they would just give it back. <laughs> well, I don't know. I mean, there's different stories. Like about... that's happened. I'm yeah. not saying it, like all the time happened, but it has happened. And I the way that it... it's always explained to me is that it's like somebody. It's like if you're standing in your neighbor's yard, and then somebody came up and be like, "Hey, I'll buy this house from you for a thousand dollars. You just need to leave." And he's like, "Okay," and takes a thousand dollars and then leaves. And then it's like. Because he doesn't think of it as like, it, it's like you're just paying them to like go somewhere else for a while or something like that. <laughs> so and then they, the, those and then claims they, have been uh, debunked. Yeah. Okay. Like they fully understood and they wanted the like uh, certain, uh, I don't know, like tools and cool things that that the colonists. Yeah, that the colonists had invented, mm-hmm. the, like for the Indians, they'd never seen anything like that, so they wanted this cool stuff. Yeah, like it wasn't like they is didn't this know part of the on. show? Or are we just know. talking? I feel like it's <laughs> a little controversial. Yeah, might ruffle some feathers, if you will. Start over. Ruffle some headdresses. Okay, go. <laughs> well, Welcome. I already started the show. Oh, okay. So, all right. Well, I have with us today uh, some special guests. Just kidding. <laughs> Joe, <laughs> making so Joe much loves work. editing. He loves it. Okay, I've got the results from the constitutional proposition elections. You want to hear them? Yeah. Okay. Cool. We already know it because we talk about this all the time. 
Uh, but I just want our listeners to know that every proposition passed except one. And it's not good news, but... So you're saying people didn't take our recommendations. I'm going to give you the stats real quick. Proposition one approved 79% to 21%. And that was the farm one, right? Okay. Proposition two was allowing cities and counties to exempt child care providers from having property from property tax on any facility they use right okay time to open up a daycare at home Keep 65%, going. 35% yeah mm-hmm. i think we'll need to start doing that okay uh proposition 3 forcing lawmakers to ask voters for authorization before they could impose any new state taxes on residents that would be based on net worth or wealth uh that one passed as in they rejected it. Yeah, by right? 68% to 32. Who are the 32 percenters? Probably wealthy people. <laughs> no, they wouldn't want it. Oh, the, probably the government voted for that. Mm. Um, proposition 4 passed by 83%. That's the tax one. I Homestead. saw 93%. Really? It's... Although there were still 10% more to count. But I... Huh. Yeah, so I don't know. Okay. 83. Maybe because maybe this is statewide. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, so yes, eighty-three percent. Proposition five, allowing the state to create the university fund, Texas uh, University uh-huh. Fund, passed by sixty-four uh. percent. Proposition six, the water, seventy-eight percent. Good uh, job, Michelle. <laughs> you did it. I have no regrets on that. <laughs> I don't want to go thirsty. Uh, proposition. Why you should let a private business do it? True. You're right. There is no <laughs> private business trying to do it though. Anyway, we can have that debate another time. Uh, energy fund uh, allowing officials to distribute loans and grants to companies with the aim of building new natural gas fueled power plants. Sixty-five percent voted for that. Thirty-five percent no. Um, the broadband infrastructure passed sixty-nine percent. Yeah, everyone wants their internet. Right. I got something to say about this after. Okay, keep going. Proposition nine. 84%. That was the retired teachers. Uh-huh. Yep. Proposition 10, exempting school districts, uh, cities, counties from collecting property taxes on the value of equipment for medical supplies. 55%. That one was a little bit more controversial, it seems like. Uh, Proposition 11 had to do with El Paso County um, to with the... Uh, Parks. Per, yeah, con- Conservation Reclamation District passed by 63%. Proposition 12, abolishing Galveston County's Office of the County Treasurer, 53%. I don't know. 47 said no. It's funny. Proposition 13. This one's interesting. It was the only one that didn't pass, and it was the one about the judge's mandatory retirement age hmm. um, increasing from 75 to 79 and seventy and the minimum retirement age from seventy to seventy five. Did you vote no on that one? Yeah. Me too. Yeah. I I don't think I don't think they need to be in there anymore. I think let people I, I'm I'm a big proponent of term limits anyway. Mm-hmm. And um I After just, Feinstein and or Feinstein, is it Feinstein or Feinstein? I forgot. Joe? The end. Feinstein. Feinstein. Yeah, it's Feinstein. Feinstein and RBJ. Well, just Joe Biden. And Joe Biden. <laughs> I forgot. <laughs> Joe <laughs> Biden's enough. <laughs> the elephant in the room. Mitch McConnell. Oh, yeah. Nancy Pelosi. <laughs> Must I go on? They just, for some reason, really want to hold on to power. Right. They don't trust their their party members that are younger. 
because by the way, those are both sides. Mitch McConnell's a Republican. Feinstein's a Democrat. But okay, fourteen. Creating new Centennial Park Conservation Fund passed as for seventy six percent. So there you have it. All of the amendments passed, but the term limit or the judges having the age limit. So thoughts on that? Yeah, I have a thought. Okay. <clears throat> Joe, sorry. What? Sorry. It's easy when it's like that. Um. I think it's, it seems like there's a little bit of a disconnect in people's minds when they're given this menu of things to vote on. And one of them is, would you like your taxes to be lower? And they say, yeah, you know, and then they're like, uh, would you like us to tax you more for these things? And they're like, yeah, I want those things. And I think the problem might be that they don't know. Um, that there's another way to That's get those exactly things. That's exactly what it is. It feels like there is no other Let way. Let me give people an example of what this is in a way they understand. I think this is a good analogy. You can tell me in a second. Remember cable television? Why did we hate cable television? At first, we didn't hate it. I loved it because for me, it was not the bunny ears. And right. I could see the picture clearly. At the beginning, it was great. But Joe? I, I mean, I... It's because video killed the radio star. What do you mean by that? I'm going to cut that out. You know the song? Yes, I know. Video killed the radio star. Yeah. So if it wasn't for uh, MTV. No, I don't know. This is a joke. No, but Emily's right. The reason why people liked cable, they went from the bunny ears to having really clear picture. Okay. But then as technology increased, we started to, and streaming services became a thing. What happened? Well, then everyone's going to want to be able to control. What was the first one before streaming services? That really expensive one that you could get. It was like you bought the machine and you could, it was recording everything all the time. Is it DVR or something? Yeah, DVR. Right. So that, or, and satellite TV too. Yeah. But so people could control exactly when they watch what they watch. They had full control over it. I'll tell you why I hated it. Because they picked and show, chose what package that I would be stuck with, what channels uh, that I would have to watch. You so, presented a, yeah, an Overton window type. What do you mean? Who, who did that? Okay, so the cable companies. So yeah. if you wanted to have like, uh, you know, your Fox News, CNN, whatever package, but you wanted also like whatever. Anyway, they were pre- package so some what i'm saying is some really of those limited choices limited choices okay. but, like I mean, that's still but way, it, that was still way more than cbs nbc abc pbs right but i and fox but with streaming services i didn't have to do that because i could pick and choose what shows i wanted to watch mm-hmm. without having from a bigger menu from a bigger menu without having them to you know choose it for me and so that, to me, is what government does. They say it in the name of convenience, like, we'll provide your internet infrastructure, but what if I don't want that infrastructure? And what if it's expensive? Why wouldn't, why wouldn't you want it? Um, probably because it's expensive. Okay. I'm paying... I'm, I'm forever. Yeah. Like, you're like, paying here, for it forever. 
so my sister and I were having this conversation because she, she lives in Utah and, um, she went to the city council meeting Well, they're having an election and she was so annoyed with the, I guess, right wing or the libertarian candidates because they were like saying that they were trying to, they did not, they were not for putting in fiber, you know, Google fiber, whatever that is, that technology for the internet, for the internet. And she's like, that looked so bad because people want it. But my whole thing is like, that's one form of, of getting the internet. There's multiple ways. And I was trying to explain this to her. She goes, well, this is the most advanced way. I'm like, no, not necessarily. She means the actual technology that they would be using, but that's not the only way to get that, that type of technology. So it's, uh, I know what you're saying, but I also feel like, like, what if I got, what if I wanted, um, Starlink, right? But yet I'm paying for fiber. Uh, uh You see what I mean? Like why, what if Starlink's more Mm -hmm. superior than fiber? Yeah. And now I'm stuck with it. You're forced into a forever, um, subscription essentially to the fiber. Even if that's an outdated thing, like Mm -hmm. what if they come up with an even more clear cut internet service that's Wi-Fi? where it bounces off the towers, where they don't even need cables anymore. I know that seems so crazy, but what if that were the case? We're still going to be paying for that infrastructure for years. That This is not even, like, theoretical, because um, they had fiber optic cable, like, way before... Um, sorry. Europe has had fiber optic for much longer than the United States. And it, what it comes down to is the is a lot of these deals, uh, the telecom companies with municipalities, where they say, uh, like, you get a license to be like, oh, the, you're going to provide internet services in this area. And then they get to, you know, use the city utilities or the utility poles uh, or the different ground area in order to do that but then if a private company is like okay we're going to come in and we're going to put in fiber optic we're going to pay for everything and say no you can't do that and if you do do it it's going to cost like extra money or whatever but they'll basically say no there's already internet in this area and so they actually would stop it from happening uh, because it would interfere with what they already had going on and so that's why, you know, compared to the rest, not the rest of the world, but a large part of the world, the United States has been kind of a late adopter of faster services. The other thing that I wanted to point out is that there's, there's like, in third world countries, they, like, skipped a lot of stuff. Because instead of having telephones, everybody has a landline um, or different services, that they just went straight to having a cell phone. And... A lot of that has to do with the way that they do finance in different countries, like whether or not they have a bank account and credit cards and that sort of thing. And then they'd be able to prepay for phones and then they would just have a phone. They went straight to internet with their phones. And so, you know, on the one hand, you could say, well, they didn't have stuff for a longer time. But then on the other hand, they were able to adopt new technology instantly. Hmm. Um. Hmm, that's interesting. What do you mean they went straight to, as opposed to what? As opposed to having landlines and dial-up internet and that sort of thing. Oh, I thought you said they had that. No, no. And then they jumped to cell phones, but... Right. Okay, I see. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, the fiber optic cable thing is funny because I also have a sister uh, in a different city in the state of Utah, and they had the same battle. This was in Kaysville a few years ago, and they had the same arguments about whether Kaysville, if the city was going to put in uh, this infrastructure for internet, and uh, she was one of the crazies that fought against it, and... uh, I mean, according to, you know, some people's perspective. And then uh, just not that long after, I think it was probably maybe two years after, sure enough, a company came in and put in the infrastructure because it was worth it to them to do it. That's what I And now the people who have it are there because they pay for it because they want it. And it's not everybody forced to pay for it, being forced to pay for it all the time. To me, it's comparison to like, what's his name? Alexander Bell putting up phone lines like he he wanted to have the phone he wanted to have the phone company and it was worth it to him to put up the lines i don't know if he got money from the government to do it it's a possibility i don't know all the history of it but it makes sense that if you wanted to if you want to create a company and you know you have to build the infrastructure but you're going to make a lot of money after the infrastructure is built then that would be a good investment as a company to do that and most likely well, we talked about this a little bit in one of our previous episodes that the incentive to to do it, you know, in a more effective financial responsible way would be better for the private sector than the government because the government's money comes from taxpayers and there's no, there's a disconnect in their moral, I don't know how to say Sense of efficiency. Yeah, because they're like, they're oh, going to get is, the money no matter what. Right. It doesn't matter. It's not like they they have to do it for there's nothing it on the line. Yeah, for them, their job's not on the line. Right. Right. And so because of that, when you have money on the line, it's your money. You're going to work harder. You're going to make sure it's efficient, you know? So, yeah, yeah, I think you made a good point. Like, people just don't know. They don't know. And, I mean, the government is really, really good at coming up with the things that we want the most to put on that menu in order to then... Because it's not like they said... This will cost you this much more. This is going to raise your property tax bill or your sales tax. You know, this this amount. They didn't say that. That's implied. And you don't know how much it is. You just, I mean, but anyone who's like, you know, <clears throat> been paying attention to how these things work for a little while knows that it is going to raise them. It Like, you will pay more. Yep. Guaranteed. Well, and then, like. Because not, it's not like they're going to just do it for free. They're not going to go and labor for free and isn't that what a bond is too isn't a bond like a loan that the government takes out to do something like build something and then like what happens like let's say they create a bond to build to put in fiber let's just say that and it takes like 10 years to pay it off well by that 10 years (laughs) that that may be an outdated technology right and then what is it then it was like for yeah you know what I'm saying? It's just like... I think it's just a way of making sure it... Like many things that the government does, <clears throat> it's a way of socializing it. So you might like take the internet, for example. There might be many people who, um, to them, it's not worth it to spend more money to have faster internet. And so they're like, well, I could go work more hours or I could enjoy myself at home. I'm just going to enjoy myself at home. Like it's not, I'm not, it's not a priority or something, you know, like whatever, it doesn't matter to me. But, and then there are some people who are going to, 
it is going to be worth it to them. Yeah, maybe and their jobs gonna... require it and they need it. And they, you know, maybe they're doing stuff like trading crypto. So it's important to, you know, that sure. they have that kind of stuff. Right. So they might spend the money. It's worth it to them. Right. And so then it's just going to make it so that for some reason we all pay for some people. You know what I mean? Well, Who it otherwise wouldn't be worth it to them. Yeah. So. Well, and this kind of goes back to my original foundational question last time last episode which is what is the proper role of government in our lives is it really to provide everything for everybody i i don't think so not even i don't think so i don't want them to i don't like it i don't believe they have the best ideas we've learned this over the years take uh, well, especially know, sorry to interrupt no, just okay when when we i think this is very fundamental uh it's like important to look at it this way that even when we say they don't have the best ideas or, you know, and you ask yourself, well, who are we even talking about? <laughs> Who's they? And that's a really important question because it is inherently ambiguous. So for maybe this year or this next two years, four or six years, you might have an idea of who they is, right? Mm-hmm. That sounds dumb, but who you know. they are. Uh-huh. But uh, it's certainly not going to stay that way. So even if you know who it is right now and you know everything about them, you can rely on them to do what they say they're going to do. That's a lot of, you know, assumptions there, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. But even if all of those things were that way, you don't after that term is up. You know what I mean? So it's just like handing over an immense amount of taxing authority, uh, which is like, you know, soft slavery to strangers, you're just like i don't know who cares who have their own like agenda ideas you know yeah yeah well i I mean we talk about this a lot but you know it's exactly like it is for um with education right so we pay for the education system but we also pay as homeschoolers for any curriculum that we do um that we we have to buy and use that there are some free ones out there but um it's the the ones that you can buy are really good and uh anyway I'm gonna cut that. so you're paying twice and then not only that but you know if you are part of any sort of co-op or if you want additional classes or anything like that you know there's no relief for that and ostensibly the purpose of those taxes are to educate people to educate kids to benefit families that have kids and but it gets turned around in everyone's mind to think no that money is for public schools and it's like well but what's the purpose of public schools it's to educate people it's it's for each kid you know that's the way it should be but instead it's like no that money is belongs to the government schools and we can't use it for anything else it's a, it's in competition with what that money is for, but is it for that really, you know? And, and so as homeschoolers, you know, we, we end up paying twice for, you know, education and, you know, not to mention all the, obviously all the time that we put in, obviously we we believe it's worth it, you know, but it, it, with any of these things, it's going to benefit certain people a lot. It's going to benefit other people. Maybe you can make a case for it. And then other people, it's not going to benefit them at all. Yeah. Another example of this is uh, healthcare. A lot of people will say, well, government should provide healthcare. Healthcare should be a free service. And um, if you stop and think about that, what that means, like if government provides healthcare for every person, 
there's all kinds of people with all kinds of problems, with all kinds of sickness. And I remember uh, back in 2009 or 2010, New York City, you guys remember this? I don't know if you ever heard this. They banned trans fats and soda at 32 ounce or more. You could not get a cup of soda of 32 ounce. And what, so you could get two 20 ounces, but you couldn't get like a 32 ounce soda. <laughs> I think this is a uh, current. Yeah, uh, it's been thing. on the books for a while. That, I mean, this the, we saw a lot of this when we lived in Washington, where you know, like Seattle would they made like a sugar tax, and so immediately what happened is that there's like Costco in 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 the within the Seattle area or King County or whatever it was, um, like immediately dropped off, and then all the Costco's be- around it you know, went up because people would just like go and buy like a ton of soda at like a little bit farther away rather than paying like way more, you know, close by where they lived. And this is like something that happens over and over again in like a million different ways. So a small area. Can I interject something real quick? It's such a great example of how quickly and uh, how flexible the uh, free market is. The signaling. Yeah, what Joe just said. That's yeah. what always happens. They it's will almost put, instantaneous. It is. Whereas if, if the government were the ones to, like, receive the signal through whatever their process is, you know, the complaint process or something like that, like, if they ever even reacted, it would be way later, right? Yeah. It's not like an Unless instantaneous. Unless it has to do with any kind of tax. What's that called? The invisible hand? Is that what that refers to, Joe? Never mind. Keep going. Just cut it. Well, no, no. <laughs> what, what, uh, what part? Could you say it again? That what about how how instantaneous the uh, reaction oh, I is? I the think signaling th- in the free market. Yeah, I think that's part of it. I think the invisible hand more so refers to the emergence of things that people need, like the coordination. So I guess that's part of it. Yeah, is the market coordination in order to kind of create and bring forth stuff. It's almost like in the free market between buyers and sellers and, you know, all everyone in that chain uh, is involved. It's like it's one body that works Mm -hmm. together like your own body does. That's so instantaneous. I think it's just because it's just because we're um, adaptable. We're really quick to adapt when we have bad habits. Well, we got to figure out how to get our soda fix. Yeah, because (laughs) anyone involved in the free market has in one way or another a little bit of skin in the game. Yeah. Yeah. Well, plus they are able, usually an entrepreneur can see what a need is really quick Mm -hmm. and then provide it. That's like a gift. That's what they're doing. That's what they do. Right. What I was going to say though with, oh, go ahead, Joe. That, uh, that's, that, that's, uh, (laughs) It's like, yeah, I've been interrupted a couple okay. times. I'm trying to remember all the things. So, uh, well, that's the the whole F.A. Hayek thing, right, with the fatal conceit. It's the the conceit is, or the, the presupposition, is that if something exists um, that the government is doing, it's because it, it exists because they're doing it, not, I'm sorry, let me say that again, that if something exists that the government provides, then it must have been the government that created it. But what he posits and and backs up with evidence over, you know, thousands of years, you know, from early, you know, Babylonian times or whatever, is that systems emerge. So that's like a key phrase. 
but systems merge organically. And then when we see a system, we have the natural propensity to think, oh, that system was created. Like somebody sat down and said, oh, we need trade to work uh, between um, these different cities and you know over the mediterranean and we need these routes to exist and we're gonna have these people move along this coast and then they're gonna go up here or whatever but that's not the way it works systems just emerge and then you see like oh this is a functioning thing this is the way that everybody does it and as soon as and it's very organic like if you're watching like a an ant colony or something like that and then if you go and you change one thing everything adjusts around it and it continues on as a a system that works together but nobody said oh okay we're gonna need to change it in this way everything just reacts on a very micro level and it creates that harmony that looks planned but it's not but the government goes messes with that are you saying that the ants don't have like (laughs) bureaucrats and elected yes, positions the officials ants. ant officials and stuff well you know if you look really closely a lot of times you could see tiny clipboards that they're <laughs> carrying around with them you have to have a special microphone or magnifying glass the other no. thing <laughs> the other thing i was gonna the other thing that i was gonna mention uh with you know the sugar tax and moving to different costcos is that that's a trap that you see over and over again with different mini- municipalities where they're like oh, we have this power plant or something like that, that um, they use a lot of uh, ore in this area. And we sell them this ore um, when they're building all their stuff, maybe not a power plant. Um, And so we're going to just really jack up the price. We're going to put a tariff on whatever it is. So then they're like, oh, we'll just go an extra, you know, 500 miles to this other place and get everything that we need. And it's only going to cost us a few thousand dollars extra per year to do that. But we're going to save way more than that. And so then going from making a lot of revenue from this company or plant that's in your municipality, you, you go from that to making nothing. It just completely goes away because they change suppliers. Um, I recently heard a story about that with like a home Depot or something like that, where instead of getting, you know, lumber or something locally they just completely didn't get that anymore like none at all Mm -hmm. well back to my original point with the government and healthcare. what happens with that is so the trans fat thing right when the government has socialized health care like obamacare which i mean it wasn't quite social socialized it was on the way of becoming the the goal of obamacare was single payer plan which is socialized medicine the problem with that is now they're in your business. They're in your, they're in your health. They, they dictate what you eat. So like, for instance, if everyone's paying for my diabetic medicine, that's going to annoy people. They're going to see me at the store eating donuts and drinking sugary drinks. You can't even wait till you get to the uh, checkout line to start eating No, I got to have it there. (laughs) (laughs) And then they see that I'm in the line getting my pharmaceuticals, you know, to pay for my diabetes. That's going to irritate them. It's going to irritate people when they realize everyone's paying for my choices. So then what ends up being the result is government takes those choices away. Hey, we can't have you. We can't have you having diabetes. Everyone has to pay for your diabetes. We can't have you smoking cigarettes. So then you you get more of those bans, like the trans fat bans, the sugar bans. And I'm not saying that everyone should go and eat sugar, but I do like the idea of choices. I like the idea of 
being able to eat what I choose to eat, being responsible for the choices I make, not making society responsible for my choices. And that's the, that's the downfall of, um, having government involved in so many things of our life. It takes away, first of all, our choices, but then also the responsibility. Yeah. And to be clear, like sugar is like bad for you. Like, I mean, you would need to eat very little sugar for it to not fall into that category of it being bad for you. It's a drug, but we don't think that it's the role of government to come in and say, you know, to regulate what you put in your, your body in that way. Um, yeah, I might just. I feel the same way about cigarettes, and I know that you know cigarettes are bad for you. I don't. I don't smoke, but I don't oh. care that other people do. I just don't want to smell it myself. This all, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Although I do have, you guys are going to laugh at this. I have fond memories of the smell of cigarettes outside. It reminds me of Disneyland. <laughs> it's funny when I when I smell <laughs> cigarettes, I think of home. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> it it all gets back to okay. I, okay don't say anything. I didn't need, I need to remember what I was going to say. Uh, crap. <clears throat> what were we talking about? We were talking about... Cigarettes. Okay, I got it. <clears throat> All of this comes back to this, you know, people are always complaining like, oh, politics, it's just in everything now. Oh, the culture war, it's just so big and out of control. We need to, you know, scale it back or whatever. The problem with that is that as the government gets bigger and bigger and into our business more and more because of they're paying for people's health insurance, uh, they're paying for their retirement. They're telling us to get vaccinated. They're yeah, they're they're watching out for, you know, these communicable diseases and, and everything else. And that it becomes the situation where everybody everybody's business affects them, right? Mm-hmm. So if your politician gets in, then it's gonna affect everybody else negatively as they say it um who didn't support that politician or their policies and so it's not just people are getting more and more amped up it's not the fake news's fault or social media or anything it's that government really does have a greater role in everybody's life so the stakes are higher yeah and so as liberty-minded people that it's not just like we just want to be able to do whatever we want to do. You know, it's not just, Oh, I feel confined by the rules of society. It's, it's not that it's that as the government, we want to scale back government so that people can live their lives and not be at each other's throat all the time about everything that everybody's doing because the government is, is involved Yeah, on top of you. Exactly. And that's why everyone's so emotional about it because to them, the person they elect is the one that's going to dictate those things. Right. Right. But anyway, I just, and more and more. If I were someone who didn't know where they stood on their beliefs, as far as politics, I would, I would err on the side of the person who will be less in your business. Right. So that would not be a Democrat. (laughs) 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 Sorry. I don't care. You can keep that on there. People must know that about me. I'm not a Republican either, but I really would never. I told people that once. I said, I had this one friend who is liberal, and I don't mind liberals. I really don't. I actually have really good conversations with people who are liberal. Um, I by liberal she means leftist, not classical liberal. Yeah, kind of. But I feel like there's the modern version of liberal and the 
the ver- leftism is different because a liberal you a liberal you can talk to they don't want to sh- they don't tell you things like your hate your speech is hate or, or your speech is okay. violence so kind of in between then the yeah two. they're 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 still believers in in um some social programs and yeah stuff like they're that. still believers in the free and free speech you know so you can have a dialogue with them but they'll say michelle are you um are you saying that it's it's all republicanism i'm like no so you'll vote for other parties besides republicans yes but not democrats <laughs> well it's but, it's very uh, it becomes very unlikely right because they're just so they're so much more govern they're they're uh they're the party of bigger government yeah well it's like what we were talking about with sugar if you if you believe that sugar is bad for you and that it's causing all these problems or any drug that is really bad for you and that people shouldn't do it then that the question becomes do you think it's the job of the government to regulate that mor- right. morality and i think that a lot of people i when i was younger i felt the same way like i felt well if something is wrong then it should be illegal you know people say oh it should be illegal if something is wrong it should be illegal yeah if something is morally Interesting. wrong so right? people don't want to have to make those choices they want yeah and and uh, aside from that it was kind of like you know, if you were discussing like, oh, well, is this bad or whatever? Well, it's not illegal. Oh, if it's not illegal, somebody must have decided along the way that it's okay for people to do that in society. Mm-hmm. And then it took a while, you know, as I grew up th- to think like, those things are not even close to being the same. No. And we shouldn't rely, we shouldn't outsource our moral thinking to anybody else, especially the government. That's right. Yeah. I love it. Clip that. <laughs> Booyah, mic drop. Good job, Joe. Do uh, we want to hear, I don't know if this is the right time for it, but I've been thinking about this for several weeks now. Um, sometimes I think when we talk about this, uh, you know, local tax um, or like the raising of the, <laughs> no, you don't want me to. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Go ahead. Or about raising the, doing the cost of living adjustment, you know, or, or whatever. Just making it so that school employees make a little bit more money. Um, I want to just read off, because I, I think people don't know this. I would like to read off some of the administration salaries. I won't name names, even though that is legal. Not saying that makes it right or wrong. <laughs> but fine. just positions, you know, just because I think Before it would be Before you useful. do that. In this particular area, I think you should look up the median income of that particular area in relation. You want to do it? Yeah. Which which area are we talking about? Um, Cut for a sec, Joe. Yeah, it's all good. Is it Hondo ISD? Uh, sorry. Okay, so uh, just to give people an idea of, you know, I mean, a very small idea of what's going on with some of the money that they're that are, is being taxed away from them. Uh, why don't we start out a little bit with like, you know, city of Hondo, for example. Okay. So, Michelle, you have, you just looked up the uh, median income for Hondo residents, right? What yes. Is it, what do you have there? What would you think it is? If you could guess. Um, 60. It's 53,000. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Yep. 
Okay, so, the, and this is in, uh, the data I have is a little bit old. It's 2020. I know that they've given themselves raises since then. This is between 20, 2017 and 2021 is this data. So okay. it doesn't specify exactly, but that's about it. Right. Okay, so what I'm about to read you with some of the um, salaries in the city government okay. of Hondo. Uh-huh. This is the year 2020. So actually, it was probably 2019 and then reported after. So it's substantially going to be higher than that now. But so let's see here. One of the positions, I think this was the city manager position then, it was 238950 Whoa. Yep. Um, another one. And for the Honda ones, for some reason, they didn't put in the positions. So I'll just read the salaries and, and not read their names. <laughs> The next one, there's one for 92,000, 89,000, 87,000, 79,000. Hmm. Um, and then for, I've got some Castro, Castroville ones here. Okay. I have their medium. Okay. And this is for the year 2021 that I have the data for. This is 2021 yeah. as well. And this, the median, oh, that's the wrong, sorry. Cut for a second. So it showed Castorville, California. <laughs> Can't have that. Like it wasn't too much far off. But they okay. mean Fidel Castro. <laughs> okay. So for 2021, the median uh, household income in Castorville was 61000 hmm. Okay. So I have here, here they do list the positions. So city administrator, <laughs> uh, 150000 Finance director, one hundred twenty thousand. Public works director, one hundred thirteen thousand. Police chief, uh, police chief, <laughs> eighty six thousand. City secretary, eighty thousand. Uh, water service supervisor, seventy five thousand, and on down. It's interesting that ad- the administrators make so much money. Mm-hmm. Like, what is the you know the principals make? In school districts, you know, I'll look it up right now. Here, it's around a hundred thousand. Well, I mean, going back to Hondo, we just we just showed that the median income of Hondo is fifty three thousand, and their city manager was making two hundred and something thousand. That's almost four times the amount of the median income. Right. Okay. Here's one I've got. So for the Hondo ISD, okay. Again, this is uh, probably twenty twenty one because reported into 2022 so for the superintendent position 134,000 assistant deputy super superintendent is 103,000 athletic director 94,000 and then on down what's a teacher what's just a regular teacher salary so I didn't even put that on here because it was substantially lower oh here's some of the highest paying teachers actually I have a few on here still uh, sixty nine thousand, sixty three thousand, sixty two thousand, sixty thousand, and it does scale down from there. Now I I'm not re- for. Hang on, just real quick. I'm not for envy of other people's income, right? But the reason why this is important is because this isn't the private sector. This is money coming at, coming out of our tax dollars. So they're taking from the citizens and giving to someone else. And that's why, like, I don't usually think it's really very useful to compare people's salaries. Like, it's because to me, it's based off of market value. Right. But there's a reason why all of this is, by law, public information. 
because you're the one forcibly paying their salary. That's right. That's the only reason. Yeah. Yep. Right. And I just was making that point. Normally, I wouldn't do that. But because this yep. is coming from my tax dollars, I'm concerned. Right. And I would point out, I'm just reading like 1% of the salaries. These I'm reading the high ones, the higher paying ones. But there's like so many on the payroll. Yes. So, <laughs> so, so many. I mean, just page after page. Yeah. I got tired of clicking. Honestly, I didn't even, I didn't even look through them all. Uh, so here I have the Medina Valley ISD for oh, 2022. Okay. Just what real it? quick. I don't want to, I, I know that this is going to ruffle some feathers, but I just want to mention about the school teacher one is that they contractually and what school is, is 180 workdays, which is a little more than two thirds of the number of workdays that you have as a full-time job. Now, people always argue and say, yeah, but they work 10 hour days, 12 hour days, uh, while school is on and you know, they, you know, they will, they'll, they'll work six days a week, seven days a week or whatever. And my thought with that is just a, so does everybody who works salary, you know, like that is a pretty normal thing that if you in, in a professional job, you work a lot of hours, you know, but the other thing is that it's like when you're off school, you're off. I mean, it's, it's, it's over for months, you know, and if they do work over the summer, they're compensated for that it, normally really well. And so when, to me, when you listen to like, oh, if they make 60,000 a year, I mean, that's like working, if you worked full time, like a full year, that's like 90,000, you know? Yeah. And again, I know that that ruffles a lot of people's feathers, but you go to like teacher, um, like Reddit subreddits and stuff like that or like if you're on any pages and forums where teachers are talking like you just just take a look i mean they you know they talk about how much they love their summers and oh maybe after the first couple years like i stopped working so many hours and now i only work 35 hours a week or 40 hours a week or whatever you mean because they got better at it because they got better at it or more efficient you know maybe yeah because they don't have to write the curriculum every year the lesson plans every year when they're doing it over and over again maybe they've proved themselves i don't even think they get to write the curriculum they don't they just the lesson plans what i meant to say lesson plans yeah but the correct but i mean these days it is very like and a lot of you know you have 15 minutes to teach math this is going to be the lesson you know it's it's all handed to you if you want it i think that teachers can go above and beyond and kind of develop things but it's there if you want it to just teach okay so here's some of the medina valley isd uh salaries so superintendent 208,000 principal 200,000 principal 188,000 and another one of those and another principal 173,000 assistant principal 170,000 maintenance service uh, something a bunch of acronyms 138,000 um assistant superintendent 130,000 uh there's another one of those with the same salary director personnel human resources 116,000 so that's to hire people Hire and fire, right? But mostly just hire, <laughs> uh, I assume. Human resources? Mm-hmm. A lot of that is, that's part of it, but it's compliance okay. with regulations and, and employment laws gotcha. and that sort of thing. So, that, that yeah. 
Uh, principal, 105000 And let's see here. There's a bunch more. Athletic director, 99000 Another assistant principal, 98000 Principal, 96000 uh, principal ninety four thousand. Right, we can get the point. Service food service professional ninety two thousand, and on and on and on. So it seems like Medina Valley's most of their employees are making up at least almost a hundred thousand a year. Uh, I don't know if that would be true or not because how there many were so just... many pages. Well, the, yeah. So she's reading the kind of the top ones. Yeah, I yeah, just took I the know. top ones. I'm just saying, like, I mean, like hundreds their and hundreds administrators or at least. Yes. In the high end. And oh, then, yeah. The administrators, definitely. Well, you should go to the very low. So you get yeah. your minimum and your maximum. So we get an idea and then find out how many employees there are. Yeah, and then we'll look it up later. Idea. I but, just put this in a spreadsheet yeah. so it's easier. But Right. So anyway, you hear... so I mean, I, the only reason I bring that up is just because, you know, uh, people talk about it like the school districts are already skin and bones. They're barely making it by. You know, they don't have enough money as it is. They need to get to have this meeting to pass, you know, uh, the budget so that they can afford one new school bus. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Stuff like that. And it's like, I mean, I didn't even read there. There's like the payouts. The payouts are also pages upon pages, like hundreds of thousands of dollars. And some of those are really ambiguous, too. Like um, there's I, I could go find it and we could do it later, but. It was like $87,000 to an appraisal district. What does that mean? Why are they paying the appraisal district? Yeah, I don't understand. I can't like even imagine what that would be for. Well, I can imagine, but I can't imagine a legitimate reason, right? So something to think about. Yeah, thank you for that. I think it's good information just to keep in mind like where, where our tax money is going, and especially in relation to what the median income for those areas are you know because you'd have i mean that's that's why property taxes are so high because they have to fund these big systems of of schools and city governments did you guys hear about the uh, tax bracket changes the irs has made for 2024 i haven't no yeah so they've changed it um it used to be what you turn up the bass headphones tell me it sounds better let me see hello there's only so much we can do i think that's better okay they've raised the tax brackets up a little bit so what that means is um whereas you would be paying like jay you know his your income goes like it's 10 percent from zero to like it used to be twenty thousand. Now it's gone up from... You mean they tax you 10% on your income from zero to a certain level? Is yes, that what you're okay. yes. Um, so you would make t- 10% from zero to like, I think it was 10000 or 11000 And then 12% from 11000 to 23000 And then 22% used to stop at 80, 89000 Now it goes all the way up to ninety four. Hmm. So what it means, like you, you would go uh, before that, like just 2023, you were paying 24% after like 
90,000 or something like that. Now it's back down to 22%. So it's nice. It's a nice tax slightly less. Yeah, the percentage has dropped a little bit. They've adjusted it based on inflation a little bit. Yeah. Not fully, but yeah. Mm -hmm. So thank you, government, for giving us some of our money back. (laughs) So nice of them and generous, right? A few less strikes. I do want to mention cryptocurrency is Mm. going up. So I. Joe, you have crypto, don't you? Uh, I will never, neither confirm nor deny oh, whether on. or not I have. Crypto. Are you interested in crypto? How's that? That's yeah, better. absolutely. Yeah. Why yeah. are you interested? Because he's of- got it. <laughs> uh, there's lots of reasons. That's right. Um, I think that it's a. How deep do we want to go? So it's it's a. Crypto in and of itself is an interesting technology in the it's sense brilliant yeah in the sense of what you can do with um smart contracts and that sort of thing i think that that's where ethereum is going but bitcoin is distinct from all all other cryptocurrencies more stable no it's not even that well it's more stable than the it might be more stable but what i'm saying is that fundamentally it is a different technology than all other cryptocurrencies. It's different. How so? Because Bitcoin is the only cryptocurrency that has a set um, limit. A set amount of... Yeah. And not only the way in which... How many... They mine it. Not only how... How... (laughs) Not only uh, in the sense that only a certain amount of Bitcoin will be produced... Um, according to a certain algorithm, but that there is also a limit cap to it. All other cryptocurrencies, the decisions about how many crypto coins there are and how much, how many there will be and what it's based off of is just people deciding, you know, it's like whoever invented that particular coin, or maybe they have a board of directors or whatever, like everything in it, or they might say, well, everybody that owns a stake in it over a certain amount can can vote or whatever and really that makes it no different than any other fiat currency um like because we can keep printing money right because you can continue to decide how much there is it's non-centralized and it's non-centralized they can't they can't control it right which is what makes it the only way it can be controlled just like anything else if, if you get lots of wealthy people that buy a bunch and then drop it like sell it really quick Right, so there, that, there, so there that's will be, one way of manipulating the yeah, market. Yeah, it can. So it's not like it's not stable in the sense that you know you could say, oh, it's at this amount, it's going to be at this amount for forever or anything like that. Like yeah. as far as the the value of it, like how many you know loaves of bread you can buy with it or whatever. Yeah. But um, it the amount of bitcoins are set. Yeah, in, in that sense, and. Over time, like all currencies, when they're first created, are kind of all over the place. Um, but so that's, I mean, Bitcoin's only been around for, yeah. you know, less than 20 years. Yeah. Right. And it's our, you know, or it right went up 8% that. this week. Right. So it it's, was hanging out. It got down to, you know, 16,000 or whatever. It stayed there for a while. It went up to 21. It was there for quite a while, up to 25. Now mm-hmm. it's, um, now it's up to 36, right? I got into Bitcoin. Thousand, by the way, if I, any people don't know. Yeah. I got into Bitcoin back in 2017 and I believe it was at $2,000. Yeah. 
when yeah. I when I got in. I didn't buy because I was nervous. Like I don't know anything about it. But I remember 2018, it went all the way up to 20,000. <laughs> I mean, it skyrocketed. And then it fell. It almost went back down to 3,000. I think it did get all the way yeah. down to 3,000. So I bought on the way back down, and I just held it. Classic. <laughs> I held it. And then 2020 was a good, 2021 was a good year for Bitcoin. But it seems to have like a four-year cycle or three-year cycle or something. But anyway, I'm not an expert on cryptocurrency trading. I just, I'm really, yeah. I like it because it takes the corruption out of the banking system. If you use, you know what I mean? Like yeah. if we all had our own external wallets and we were able to trade and le get the banks completely out of the trading system, it would be amazing. If you stop and think about it, right now our interest rates for the mortgage is 7.5%. Imagine if you could shop around to different banks and, and said, Hey, you know, I want to buy a house. What, what interest rate would you charge me? And they could go, Oh, I can, I'll give you 5%. And then you go to another one like, Oh, I'll give you 4% or 4.9%. But you can't. Why is that? What do you mean? I thought you could do that. No, you can't. They, the federal reserve sets yeah, the interest right. rates. Yeah, so it's all based on that, but they, they still compete. Well, yeah, they've very, got a range. Very, it's like yeah, the gas company. It's like margins. oil. When you go buy yeah. gas, there's a little bit of range, right? Yeah. You go to Shell, it's like ten, five cents less, maybe yeah. 10 cents less. I don't know, than Valero or whatever. But with banks, they have a, a range, of a high and a low that they yeah. can go to. And that's Imagine if the... you didn't have that. Yeah. And then you could go, like, let's say I had a lot of money. And I was like, I want to help a friend out. Okay, I'll charge you 1%. Oh, great. And then they, you know, I'm helping them out because I giving them money but then i'm charging them interest and you don't have any of that because the federal reserve interferes right you know why they do that right i mean that's to control the effects of inflation somewhat they think well yeah well, it does. but it's to control what it does control yeah that's the purpose of yeah. it so that but it doesn't with all of the it money does the opposite i don't think it does the opposite i do i do think it uh Spreads, it causes it inflation. It spreads the blow. You don't think so? Well, inflation is always and everywhere a monetary phenomenon. That's Milton Friedman, I believe, said that. So, meaning... But that, not with Bitcoin. <laughs> but the, the point being is that if you increase the money supply, you have inflation, period. There is inflation when you increase the money supply. Now, you don't always see price inflation as soon as you increase the money supply so what emily's saying is because they increase the money supply then they have to set interest rates to keep the inflation down so well, they're creating the inflation by the money supply and then they're trying to regulate to slow down the effects of the value lost yeah so in the, the money so that people tolerate it the way that it interacts with the loan rates is that the more loans that are extended, the the faster the, the multiplier effect um, takes effect. <laughs> so the multiplier effect is, you know, a bank loans you um, $100,000, right? And you go and you start a business, right, with that $100,000. So you pay one entity 50000 another one 25000 another, and then you're making payments for this other thing for another for the last $25,000. All this money is going to somebody. Those people then put it in the bank. 
those people then put it in the bank. The bank says, oh, this is what we have on our balance sheet. We can loan out another $100,000 or however much more. But that is based on money that was already loaned out. So then that they extend another loan because they have more money in their reserves because of the savings of the people you paid. And then it happens again. And that's called the multiplier effect. And the multiplier effect in and of itself is creating money supply. So there's more money out there being traded around because of it. So the higher you raise the interest rates, the less loans are being extended. Right. And so it slows down inflation in that sense because it is in part controlling the money supply. But there, but I think what that means is just spreading out its effect over time a little bit more, sure. right? Sure, yeah. Um, and the Federal Reserve does both of those things. Yeah. They, 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 they are the ones that set the interest rate and then they're the ones that... Right. So I'm pretty the sure purpose... that the overall reason would be because if inflation hit instantly in the proportional to the amount of, of money that they print, which is digital anyway, but you know what I mean? Like that they just create makeup, then uh, citizens wouldn't tolerate it. Yeah. I think there would be a freak well, out. Because, well, not just that. The, because it's money stolen in a very sneaky way. The, the the value of their money will be worth nothing over time. Yeah. That's right. It'll be, but so, people can take it if they're boiled slowly. Right. <laughs> yeah. So um, that we saw that with the um, 2008, uh, 2009 housing crash. And right after that, the federal reserve printed a bunch of money, but what they did is that they extended a, a bunch of money to banks they bailed you know the bank yeah, the, the bank bailouts, bailouts right yeah but that, what, by the way that's when i changed that's yeah political you, awakening was yeah. in 2008 when bush came out and started saving the banks and i was right. like whoa yeah that's not right that's not what we do yeah what are the, what are you doing you know right. that's not conservatism and it took a lot of courage to be against that and people you know put their political careers on the line so, like I only like a few people i think you know, that like, was the igniting of the tea party movement that's when it started right that's because of that they were upset about that but anyway back to bitcoin so what happened with that is that that new money didn't move into the system as quickly because it it went to make balance sheets look better for banks and so we didn't feel the effects of that inflation uh very quickly in fact it, it took a very long time uh, contrast that to during the COVID years, there was these, you know, three of these trillion plus dollar bills, um, legislative bills that passed and gave money directly to people. And because it went directly to people, they, the, you've, well, yeah, not directly. They saw a that. lot of it went directly to people. A lot of it went like to the, bail out uh, yeah. municipalities, give money directly to businesses that were lying about alcohol. Anyway, but, because it was dr- directly affected the consumer economy um, in a very fast way, and at the same time we were producing less goods because you People know if you were not a, an essential worker, yeah. yeah. Then we had extreme inflation that people felt, meaning that there was extreme price inflation, right. which is a little bit different. And I could get into the difference between price inflation and, and normal inflation, but. Yeah, it is. It's it's very interesting. Well, my point in bringing up the Federal Reserve is because it is like, it's one of the reasons why our economy is 
built on a house of cards and eventually it's going to collapse. It is up. the reason. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And that's why Bitcoin's kind of nice because it, uh, it, I, I told my family members that they should buy some. Have you noticed that they don't even use Bitcoin anymore as like the, the thing they use Satoshi? Isn't well, the, so a Satoshi is, is a, a fraction of a of one bit. I just noticed mm-hmm. lately it's the smallest, right? it's the smallest uh, denom- when you, denomination. When you look on the like crypto, um, when you buy it, it used to say this point zero zero. If you were going to buy like ten dollars of Bitcoin, it would be like point zero 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 whatever amount of Bitcoin. Now it says. 3,500 Satoshis or whatever. Yeah. That, that looks nicer than point zero zero. Well, and that's that's part Smart. of like the evolution of it, right? Yeah. So if you, get, you know, eventually you can go and buy things and say, oh, this will cost you 50 Satoshis. Yeah. And so if people don't know, Satoshi was the... Satoshi um, Nakamoto. Nakamoto right? was the name of the... It was a, a whatever name. What do you call it? Uh, it wasn't his real name. Yeah. What do you call that? What do you call that? Is that a pen name or something? Yeah, but no, there's a different but there, word. There's a alias. I guess alias. I was going to say something else, but yeah, alias of the person that came up with Bitcoin or people. Nobody knows who actually invented Bitcoin. I have my own theories. I think it was a former member of the Federal Reserve. That's what I think. Mm, Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't know. Nobody knows. Well, that's the thing too. Like getting back to what we were saying. Because they'll get killed. They would get killed. No, I'm dead serious. <laughs> the guy would get murdered. Is the, he probably already was murdered. Who knows? Could be. Well, the, so that's the thing, right? So if Satoshi, Satoshi Nakamoto, if it is just one person or whatever, um, went and said, I'm going to go change the way Bitcoin works, he would not be able to do it. It is not possible to go in and say, oh, we're, we're just going to release another million Bitcoin or something like that. Yeah. It, it cannot be done. And that's what makes it different than all other. And, and it's a very profound difference yeah so there's bitcoin and there's everything else that's really great. very interesting yeah and then it's like he you know they the government's trying to come up with its own <laughs> central bank so digital currency. i wanted to talk a little bit about that because i think there's a lot of very negative and dangerous things that can come from a central bank digital cur- currency and that um if that's adopted every transaction you make with your money is visible by the government um and they see exactly how much money you have, what you're spending it on. They could turn it on and off. Yeah. They could add money. They could take away money. Yeah. They could do anything they want, depending on the way that it's created. And and I think that that and you know. So it's, why don't you describe a scenario, Joe? Where because I think immediately people might think I? to themselves, "Well, I'm not guilty of about. anything." The what trucker, am I of? the trucker, exactly. protests yeah. in Canada. With the uh, donations that they got and the apps that they were using for GoFundMe were turned off. Right. Right. So it's like that. And people were debanked. Like they weren't able to access even their money at, you know, Chase or whatever else. I would also point out with the trucker convoy that essentially, like if they had been successful in stopping everything or if people who had gone, you know, put their time uh, yeah, I mean, cause these truckers could have been still trucking around making money instead, but they wanted, they chose to, you know, put that on pause and go do this other thing. But essentially this money was going to help them cause they have to keep their engines running or they freeze to death. Cause yeah. it's like negative 40 in Ottawa eat. and they need to eat. That's nice too. You know I mean? People can fast for a while, but you can't, you Not can't be at negative four <laughs> or negative 40. I mean, and so with the government, freezing the money i mean if what if they just waited longer i guess i suppose they knew that they wouldn't but still you know like the principle 
It's like, no, you're dead. You're not protesting. Well, you would need to stop, obviously. I mean, they were already there. Yeah. But if they just, you know, like, what Mm -hmm. if they had, what if they didn't have enough? Uh, You know, what if they weren't as well organized as they fortunately had been? And people actually ran out of gas. You know what I mean? And then just froze to death in like a matter of like an hour. That's what the government wanted to happen. Right. Well, that's what they want or at least i like, mean i teach them a lesson i think they assumed that that wouldn't happen yeah. but it's like yeah well we know that you they won't at least stay. trudeau yeah. <laughs> so and at the, at the same time i just want to point out that while that happened the government of canada you know they they sent notices to different companies that administered cryptocurrencies particularly bitcoin oh that's right and they said that hey, was hilarious tell to us, me yeah tell because us. they would say hey you need to regulate your your customers. Yeah. And, and they're like, do you even know anything about cryptocurrency? That's not how it works. Right. Well, and they wanted to know who who it was. Like, you need to tell us who, <laughs> you know, transferred money to this illegal protest or whatever they, they called it. <clears throat> and they, you know, there was a really good email from Nunchuck. said something Nunchuck. like, we don't, uh, the way that our system is made find it. it keeps them anonymous yeah he, he was trying to and, explain it to right them like yeah to authorities yeah like and it, it wasn't even because wh- who was it that was demanding it was a canadian company and this is an american company there's that also which is funny you know what i mean yeah. it's like but in any case even if they had been within the jurisdiction or something like that it's like we literally don't know that's the point of this <laughs> is the anonymity <laughs> that's right and, the, and then they said something like and when your currency fails we'll be here waiting for you <laughs> You know, yeah. you're, you're welcome to also take part. So. Yeah, that's one of the criticism of, of Bitcoin that people have is that it they say it funds black market type illegal deals like trafficking or. Um, yeah, uh, you know, but my stuff. argument for that is you the same thing happens with cash, like cash is not traceable. Right. Right. If you use dollars like cash, not digit cash. There's always been all kinds of way to launder money. That's right. That's why there's a phrase for it. Yeah. <laughs> I just like, like it just started happening when digital currency. And by the way, I don't know if people invented. I don't know if people know this, but under the Patriot Act, the banks have to turn over all the information if the government asks for it. So your banking, yeah. your banks no longer anonymous. It, it's no longer private information. Yeah, they're also really ramping up the um what's it called when they watch what you do surveillance yeah they're ramping up their surveillance oh, i think I before know. it was like what was the amount was it ten thousand or is that what they came down to ten thousand i think is ten thousand has been the amount for a long time i think that... okay so every time you move ten thousand dollars they have to tell the government about it but i'm mm. pretty sure that since the biden administration they've lowered it so they're yeah. really really trying to watch so and really what they'll do is that you know they'll look at if you have a bunch of transfers that are like around 900 or something like that or close to well, it, even or, or 9000 or whatever and so but what happens is that you know sometimes people have recurring payments that are close to that and then they end up on a list and then you're being watched forever i want to read uh, that email from Nunchuck. So Nunchuck is like a Bitcoin wallet type uh, uh, service. Okay. So, said, so it says, Dear the Ontario Superior Court Justice, Nunchuck is a self-custodial collaborative multi-sig Bitcoin wallet. We are a software... Wait, pro- stop right there. They're going, what is that? They yeah, don't even... Exactly. Just that sentence is blowing their mind. 
We are a software provider, not a custodial financial (laughs) intermediary. Our software is free to use. It allows people to eliminate single points of failures and store Bitcoin in the safest way possible while preserving privacy. We do not collect any user identification information beyond email addresses. We also do not hold any keys. Therefore, we cannot freeze our users' Mm -hmm. assets. We cannot prevent them from being moved. Uh, So obviously these are things that the Canadian Justice Department was asking them to do to their users. Uh, We do not have knowledge of the existence, nature, value, or location of our users' assets. This is by design. Please look up. (laughs) Please look up how self custod. Please look up. Okay. (laughs) No, I'm laughing at how he's like. Please look up and research how this works because you obviously don't understand. (laughs) Please look up how self custody and private keys work. Not custody, right? What? No, custody. Oh, sorry. Do it again. Please look up how self-custody and private keys work. And this is the part you're talking about, Emily. When the Canadian dollar becomes worthless, we will be here (laughs) to service you too. Sincerely, the Nunchuck team. (laughs) (laughs) I love it so much. It's so great. Yeah. So obviously, like I said, these are things that they were trying to get them to do. You Mm -hmm. know, like prevent them from making these transfers. Tell us who they are. Freeze their accounts. Like all that stuff. We know people... We have a friend who uh, knows who has. She's from. Sorry. <laughs> we have friends who has friends. <laughs> we have a Canadian. Our friends' friends are us. Okay, we have a Canadian friend who um, knows people whose assets are. <laughs> sorry. Are you making faces? No, I'm just trying to make my face not screwed up. <laughs> I can't talk now. We have there a friend who's Canadian, and they know she knows somebody people whose assets are still frozen, right? Right, and not just because it's so cold there. Done, <laughs> <laughs> done. <Dun, dun. laughs> All right, bro, are frozen? we done with this? Can I just say a couple more things? Yeah, about but then the we got to do our. Uh, so the the shorten yeah. the acronym for uh, next door. Oh yeah, I do have that. The acronym for central bank digital currency is CBDC. So that's the way I'm going to refer to it. So what's that uh, marijuana substance? <laughs> I'm getting that out. Stop. CBD. Stop. CBD. CBD. Um, So the way in which CBDCs will be instituted is they'll say you have to, and this is the same way with the dollar. The reason that the people have dollars is because you have to pay your debts in dollars. You have to pay your taxes in dollars. Taxes, yeah. And so it just becomes an instant thing. You know, one day you'll go to the store and you'll say, they'll say, okay, do you want to pay in cash? credit or cbdc okay and then it's do you want to pay in credit or cbdc and then it will be do you want to like here's how you pay with cbdc get your phone out and whatever else but and the whole thing is kind of scary but the other day um i was listening to a podcast about bitcoin and they mentioned that they think that it will speed up the adoption of bitcoin once governments start using cbdcs because you'll have a wallet with your U.S. CBDC, your Canadian CBDC, your Mexican CBDC, and then in there you'll have Bitcoin and Ethereum and everything else. And then people will see that Bitcoin is superior. It will naturally happen because it is what we call a harder currency. Yeah, it's a harder currency. It's in competition with gold. I think that the the weak spot, and I, I think that the weak spot in all of this will be the cell phones themselves. The companies. Uh huh. Yeah. Yep, that's where the that information is still going to go. 
yeah. you know, be leaked out to the government. Yeah, and, and, and then, but the, the amazing thing about the crypto market is that it is run by geniuses. And so yeah, you'll just is. have mm. a digital crypto wallet that you just carry in addition to your phone. And it, mm, it could be a different device. And it could I be, I forgot that yeah, that could happen. And it could be, it could be as thin as a credit card. And have a little screen that you can I do stuff with. I have one right now know? that yeah. looks like a USB port. Exactly. But yeah. the problem is if they get too big, then they, that the government will come and hijack them just like they have yeah. every other big company. The amazing thing about yeah. Bitcoin, though, is that many governments um, over the years, especially the Chinese government, has tried everything they can to try to stop Bitcoin. And it, it never stops. It just becomes more robust. Yep. So that's the amazing thing about I, it. One thing I like about it is its global use. Mm-hmm. Like it's not backed by any government, yeah. you know, like it's not fiat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love it because then it, it can pull all it, it. It's it's you know how some like the euro mm-hmm. was based off of the economies of all these different countries. Right. So it's so made up. You will like. Yeah. But like their their money, Greece could be having problems. And so it by it having problems, economic issues there in Greece, it's pulling all of their currency down. But with Bitcoin, it doesn't do that. It's really nice. It's just kind of a, an yeah. objective. It would really be like, you know, a dream come true if something happened where we were left with the only thing to use the dollar for was taxes. And then right. everyone started to recognize and like wake up like, why am I, you know, why am I paying all these yeah. things? Because... The way that it's you know set up now is that there's a variety of ways that you're designed to hopefully not notice. You know, yeah. one of those is through W two forms, and getting the taxes taken out of your check every month, right before you ever have it. Yeah, right. because you get so used to it. Like Rush Limbaugh used to say, if everyone would just get a statement at the end of the year, like this is how much you owe in taxes, they'd be outraged. Right. Mm. Same so with because, property taxes. Yes. Well, and that's probably, I mean, a huge reason why the property tax has, has persisted successfully, you know, yeah. for so long. I mean, successfully in its ability to exist is because mortgages have them, um, they've got the escrow. Yeah. So people never see it. It's just like, well, this is just my mortgage payment, whatever. However, they have to divide it up or whatever. I don't even care. I don't have to do it. Yeah. It's like so. you get your receipt and you say sales tax, convenience fee, whatever, blah, blah, blah. I don't care. I just look at the last price. Right. Yeah. All right. Well, I have one next door I want to read. Can I read that? And then you can do your... I, I think I might do a couple different okay. things. We'll see what we want to keep. All right. So this is from Christy Weaver. And this isn't funny. This is like, oh, we, we might only not... want funny things. Well, sorry. This is, might be just a beware and be on alert because this was interesting. Um, she lives in Atacosa. I don't know where that is. Atascosa. Atascosa. Say it again. Just the whole phrase. She lives in Atascosa. And what was it say there? Make sure you're talking toward your mic if you can. Atascosa Trails. I know it's hard with the reading. Okay. This is from Christy Weaver uh, from Atascosa Trails. She says, beware, I live off FM3175 and heard snorting the other night while (laughs) chilling on my front porch. I got the flashlight and watched a herd of wild boars running on the property next door to me. There must have been 20 or more. (laughs) <laughs> there uh i've never seen that many all in one spot i've heard they are vicious and aggressive and will attack i feel bad for any dogs that are chained chained outside because they would mm. probably get have mm-hmm. probably not have chance if encountered with a wild boar 
So is it wild boar season? Are they on the loose? I mean, I know it's a huge problem in Texas, just in general. Yeah. Right? I remember seeing an article about three years ago that in Guadalupe County, they were the, the county was offering $5 a pigtail. <laughs> yeah, there's bounties on at a, a lot of places, I think. Yeah, And you could watch videos of them like shooting herds of boar like from helicopters and stuff mm. like people pay to go do that and mm. everything so yeah it's kind of interesting machine guns, machine guns. yeah <laughs> target practice <laughs> do they eat the boar i've I heard it. the meat is not very good so mm. you could feed it to your dogs that'd yeah. be good dog or your food. pigs or your pigs, or your pigs. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah the domesticated good ones that's right you guys <laughs> don't have dogs yeah well <laughs> <laughs> you're welcome <laughs> or pigs not against it. I know. Maybe someday. All right, Joe, you have some pop culture for us? Uh, yeah, I'm going to try a couple different things. So when do you think is the right time to start celebrating Christmas? Ah, that's the debate of the century. <laughs> it's definitely the debate of the season. I thought you were going to say, when do you think is the right time to start a war? <laughs> that's not fun or pop well i yeah, guess it is pop let's culture let's not talk about that <laughs> i know i'm just kidding don't even start um i'd say after thanksgiving after Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. so black friday that's the yeah. tradition yeah. for you me get, you go get a christmas tree the day after thanksgiving at least in places where we would actually go and get christmas trees mm-hmm. okay and then when do you end it what christmas yeah like the day after i day, day of okay <laughs> jeez so, day after. <laughs> so Here's I I've always been in that camp as well, but if you think about it, if you know Thanksgiving is later, it's third Thursday of the month, whatever. So a lot of times that's like could be the twentieth or something right there at the end. You have four weeks. I know that's a very short amount I of know. time. You barely have time to like okay, I'll put do, your lights. Gonna up. take a week to you know maybe put my lights up, put some decorations out. You know, and then you're doing Christmas shopping. You got some music going. It's you. You're really only doing it for a few weeks. I know. This is interesting because you've always been the uh, the Grinch of. I have. Be pre Thanksgiving really? Christmas anything. I've, I've so really what changed. What do you think my... it is that's changed in you? I think I've been convinced by arguments that I've heard. You don't think it's your perception of time? It could be. It could mm. be that. I but I do feel like. When I think about the Christmas season, it seems very short in my mind. When I think back, like, oh, last year, what did we do for Christmas? Oh, okay, let's see. This was going on, and boom, it was over, you know, type of a thing. The other thing about it is that I feel like it pairs really well with Thanksgiving. Mm. Because Thanksgiving, there isn't, it's not like a season unto itself. It's not like you're decorating very much you know, maybe fall kind of mm. decorations. Yeah, it'd be nice to enjoy that dinner with the decorations and lights and stuff. Right, yeah. Kind <laughs> of that that same feeling. So kind of make it as part of the I would, like holiday phase one season. of Christmas. Yeah. I yeah, would exactly. rather do the fa- Halloween, Thanksgiving, fall, mm-hmm. and then Christmas, winter. Like go into January yeah. more than I would mm. like to eliminate the fall season because christmas is so winter like you've got the beautiful pine tree and the you know supposedly snow we don't have snow in texas very often occasionally we might have it this year um and then you know it's just more to me it's more of a winter holiday I, i just feel like halloween is much more of a punctuation mark when it comes to 
a holiday season, right? Because they have very distinct decorations, right? Is it Halloween or Halloween? Halloween, <laughs> Halloween. Uh, I think it's this is Halloween. This so, is Halloween. There you go. Halloween. So Danny Elfman solved it for us. Um, so the because you have to change the decorations after Halloween because it's so distinct. And then you have you know your harvesty kind of Thanksgiving. Have decorations. you been to Hobby Lobby? But listen. <laughs> There's, they sort of mesh together sometimes. Yeah, that's true. They've got pumpkins. They've yeah. got like the fall colors. and Yeah, I, I agree with that. But there's no... Like your shirt? There's like... It's very <laughs> autumn. Yeah, it's very burnt <laughs> orange kind of. It's like Halloween, there's a whole aesthetic, right? And there's even kind of spooky music. There's a feeling. Thanksgiving, it's just a dinner. It's just we're in fall. I think it's harvest. It's, yeah, but there's no music associated with that or movies uh, or anything. I like... beg to differ. Okay, there probably is, but <laughs> not really up in the, the only song I know that's in the Zeitgeist. <laughs> What's that? Zeitgeist? Yeah. Uh, well, it literally means time ghost, but it's like the spirit of the time, right? So it's like pop culture or, you know, just. Have you ever heard this song? Oh, I should fast forward it a little bit. This okay. Is, uh, this is a Thanksgiving song. I hope you enjoy it. <laughs> oh, is this uh, uh, Guthrie? No, this is Adam Sandler. Oh. <laughs> love to eat. <laughs> well, there's also that. That's really funny. There's also that uh, Arlo Guthrie song, Alice's Restaurant. That's a Thanksgiving song. Alice's Restaurant. What's that? Never heard it. Oh my goodness. Maybe we'll play a few bars. I'll put it on there. I would like to do a gripe. Am I, I love loud? Gripes. Okay. What better, is it about me? Gripes better be if it's loud. about me, no, no, it's not. Okay, well, I don't know. Yes. You can confess. Uh, What's that if saying? It... If you can't say anything nice, sit by me. <laughs> I find in the area that when I'm driving and I come to a light where I would like to turn left, if there's anyone in front of me, there's no hope. (laughs) And it seems to me that people are not aware of their right to turn left at a green light when it's open. And it doesn't have to be like wide open. They don't need the light to go through its whole cycle and get back to the green arrow, they can do it when it's the green circle. Yeah, you yield on. Oh, green you're saying circle. that they don't go; they only go with the arrow, right? Yeah, they'll sit through an entire green light and not turn left. And they also, for some reason, do not pull into the intersection in preparation to turn left. Mm-hmm. So just to why to, is this to go over the what you should do if you're in that situation? So they're <laughs> in the turn lane. You got a, a green circle. You've drift off into the middle of the intersection while it's green and then if there's a break you can turn (laughs) in also but kind of uh what do you call it um strategically when it turns yellow you can turn you can do it then because nobody's coming you just have to be careful once you see them coming always watch you just always what if you go and you were doing that and then cars are still coming it turns red then what you go you go but people It'll people still watch. Yeah, you know, like you're going to have that I only asked traffic. just in case someone else was wondering. I know <laughs> what to do. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you guys looked at me like I was, uh, this was new to me. 
we're very, <laughs> we're very uh, suspicious when it comes to other just people. Just go, Michelle. You'd probably honk. <laughs> go. I think my guess is that a lot of it has to do with people being on cell phones. Uh, and they're like, oh, well, yeah. I got time. You know? yeah. So my impression is that people... <clears throat> Sorry. My impression is that people legitimately don't know that it's their right to do it. Could be. It's so common. Yeah. <laughs> and they don't pull in to the intersection. Yeah. So I think they think they're not allowed. Right. So I found that song. Go should for I play it. it? Yeah. You should just put it in later. I will. Never heard it. It's like 17 minutes long. <laughs> um, I just want the first bars. Kind of catchy. It's yeah. really good. It's a story, isn't it? Yeah. Is it going to start singing anytime soon? You gotta go through the whole 12 bars. Come on. This song is called Alice's Restaurant. It's about Alice and the restaurant. <laughs> but Alice's Restaurant is not the name of the restaurant. That's just the name of the song. That's why I call the song Alice's Restaurant. <laughs> Is that it? I mean, it goes okay. on and on, but... Anything you want at Alice's Restaurant. Okay, that's all. I just wanted to kind of yeah. get the beat. So, they play that every Thanksgiving on certain radio stations and stuff, mm. so... Really okay. Cool. Well, what was your other culture thing you wanted to bring up? My other culture thing? Oh, so, I get all my it's ideas from Facebook. all Taylor Swift stuff. <laughs> it could be. <laughs> it's when you... Anytime you want, but when you were growing up, who was your celebrity crush? Oh, I've got like, how many fingers do you want me to? Okay, <laughs> <laughs> well, now remember. Your celebrity crush that people might not guess. I've got one. Okay. I could guess yours. <laughs> Go ahead. Try. You're a 90s girl? Yeah. Okay. One that's not so obvious, probably. So it's not Johnny Depp. That's nope. too obvious. I do remember occasionally seeing him on 21 Drum- Jump Street. He was so good looking back then. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's back when then. I had a crush on him. Yeah, he's gotten old now. Yeah, I know. Um, I don't know. Go ahead. <laughs> well, I'll give you a clue. It was after seeing <laughs> Apollo 13. Kevin Bacon? Yeah. Was it? Isn't that funny? That is funny. I know. I had a crush on him in the 80s with Footloose, but... Huh. That was like sure yeah. no, but I'm, I'm taking I'm thinking teen crush like my age. You know how they were the same. We we grew yeah, up whatever with whatever you want to. So mine was River Phoenix. Oh, do you guys know who River Phoenix yeah. is? Yeah. yeah, he died. Sad. So sad. But he was in Stand by Me. He was in this great show with Robert Redford uh, called Sneakers. If you've ever seen right. that, I have seen it. Yeah. I'm pretty sure movie. that Joe also had a crush on River Phoenix. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you say that? Because you love all of his movies. Uh, I mean, he wasn't in that many. Do you remember the Mosquito yeah, Coast? You love all of the ones he wasn't. I don't. I can't even name more than what Michelle just said. No. Stand by <laughs> me. He was. He was also Indiana Jones, young Indiana Jones. Oh, oh yeah. You know, yeah. he was in um, that movie with Harrison Ford, The Mosquito Coast, mm. which I would love to rewatch that movie because it's really interesting. So okay. who was yours? Let's hear it. Taylor Swift. Well. <laughs> she was a baby. What about some... I know, right? 
So what what was your obvious one though, Emily? You said you have one. Oh, that... I had all the obvious ones. Tom Cruise, Brad Pitt, uh, who Christian else was Bale. It? Oh yeah, I did like her. I... <laughs> you still... <laughs> I did like her. You Bale almost just said that. I, I liked do. I liked a uh, uh, Karate Kid guy. Uh, oh, Ralph uh, Macchio. Mm-hmm. I had a, such a crush on him. Did you I... see The Outsiders? I loved him in that. Oh, I... Such a good movie. Thomas Howell. See, I liked Thomas him Howell. too. He yeah. was a cutie. Uh, Rob that, Lowe back then that, wait, was wait, 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 just real so quick. That movie, everything that you just mentioned, all of those people are in that movie. It is a I crazy know. I've got another teen one. crush movie. It really is. Uh, this one. Wait, makes... can we just, can we just, I just want to name all, all right. the, all the guys in that movie. You ready? Patrick Swayze. Patrick Swayze. Emilio Estevez. Uh-huh. Uh, Rob Lowe. Rob Lowe. Uh, mm. uh, Dylan. Matt, Matt, Matt Dylan. Matt Dylan. C. Thomas Howell. Ralph Macchio. Uh, I know I'm missing a couple. Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise. He was in that. Yeah, Tom yeah, Cruise. I think that's it. It's crazy. Yeah. It is a, a wild number of, of people. In what it, were you yeah. going to say? Oh, yeah. This one is so silly, <laughs> and it makes me laugh whenever I remember that I had this crush. David Spade from Saturday Night Live. <laughs> I know. It's so funny. He's so gross. <laughs> I think I just thought he was. He, like was, he was funny. He was cute like a baby. Like yeah. his, his, he's like little and cute, <laughs> <You know? laughs> and he was funny. So. Sure, yeah. Just teen crushes. We can't talk about. You can talk like about whatever you want. Current. <laughs> Where's Jay? See you there. No. <laughs> Pole dark. Pole dark. Is that oh, a show? Yeah. So looking. Aiden Turner is his name. So good looking. You gotta watch it, Emily. You'll thank me, Joe. Joe won't let me. <laughs> I'll let you. I can't control you what you watch. <laughs> Call, oh, what out? You got to cut that out, what I just said. Oh. <clears throat> oh, I know what you're talking about. She's talking about that vampire. She's talking about that vampire who's a dwarf. A dwarf. <laughs> what? What? Remember there's that show that was, uh, they were vampires. Buffy the Vampire Slayer? No, no, no. Way more recent. We watched a little bit of it and then it got crazy. And then there was uh, that same actor. He's one of the 24. dwarfs in The Hobbit. Oh, yeah. Right. That's who he is. That's who she's talking Aiden about. Aiden Turner. One of the dwarfs in The Hobbit. Oh. Yeah, like Keeley or something. Oh, right, right, right. The good looking one. The There's good, like yeah. one. The one that has <laughs> the love story, right? Oh, yeah. Right, right. With, with the, Kate from Lost. With Kate from Lost. <laughs> oh, he is with her. You should see him in Poldark. <laughs> you can cut all this out, but. All right, is that it today? Yeah. Well, All right. Did you say yours? I didn't say mine. Say I it. I feel like it's less it, like cute for guys to talk about female crushes. <laughs> it's true. You know what I mean? It yeah. seems a little creepy. Just hand over your man card right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, and the other thing cuz I cuz I read this question and I was like, "Oh, I'm going to ask this on the podcast." And I thought, "Well, who who would I say?" And I like I seriously could not think of anybody. It's really? like I couldn't even think of any actresses, like from when I was, like in that yeah. age frame, right? And I, a lot of it is like the lead of the movie is mostly the guy, and I and I feel like the way that the movie a lot of times is sold, it's like oh, this is a Tom Cruise movie, or whatever, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. And unless it's a romance, the, the female isn't normally the lead, and so so no Sandra Bullock. Well, so then I looked it up. I'm like, who are the celebrity crushes? Oh, of like, so you're just looking at pictures of well, girls. No, they were like lists, literally <laughs> like, like lists on the internet. I'm like, okay, oh, okay, I get it. So it'd be like, I don't know. Um, like, I can tell you who the prettiest one was. Halle Berry. 
Is that what you're going to say? She really? was very pretty. That isn't who I thought of. Yeah. Michelle Pfeiffer. Michelle Pfeiffer. But she was a little bit before our time. Yeah, Kim Basinger, kind of in that same. Whoa, you guys are going way She was back. that mermaid? Kim Basinger? No, that was um, Daryl Hannah. Oh. Uh, but Kim Basinger, yeah. she was in Batman. Batman, right. right. Yeah, so that was a, that was a big what one. What about um, like young when you were a teenager? Like, you know the show, who's, who's the boss? Alyssa oh, Milano. So Alyssa Milano, oh, she yeah. she shows up on all the lists and yeah, stuff. She's a little, I can't stand her yeah. politics, mm-hmm. but uh, I always, every time I see her, how about when she's got that hat on, that knitted pink hat? <laughs> every oh, time boy. I see her, like in the news, every time I see her in the news and stuff, I just think, how can someone so pretty be so angry all the time? <laughs> you should be saying that about your other crush, Taylor Swift. She's not angry though. I don't yeah, think I've that seen she's her angry. I don't she's think made that some she's the most. Tweets. Listen, listen. I didn't want to say this last time, but you've you've forced my hand. <laughs> Taylor Swift is not the prettiest person out there. It's not about her looks or How her body or anything you. like that. In fact, I think famously people are like, yeah, she's not. You know, she's not top top shelf. It's that her music is so catchy. Yeah. I mean, you know what I mean. It's like she's got great hair. She um like. I just heard that her movie, which is just like a concert, is like outperforming the new Mission Impossible movie. You know what I mean? She's a force of nature. You said it. You said it. Uh, Just quoting you? So I was like looking through. Oh, I got one more. I remember as a a little kid. Yeah. I mean, tween, I guess. It was Wesley in Princess Bride. Oh, yeah. 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 The accent. Yeah. Such a oh yeah, but yeah. have you seen him since? Since Psych, <laughs> yeah, he's okay now. <laughs> so, Sean age. from Psych and Gus. So I <laughs> put feel those like... my adult crushes later uh, on because they're funny. Uh huh. Yeah. So I I looked through these lists and uh, oh, there was like a couple girls where I was like, oh yeah, in that movie, you know, that was like, oh, I recognize that she was really pretty. So like Mia Sarah. She was uh, played opposite Tom Cruise in Legend. So it's like everything is real princessy and like Legend. Legend. What's Legend? It's one of the first Tom Cruise movies. It was uh, anyway. Um, Phoebe Cates. She was the girl. I'm gonna cut that out. Actually, she was the girl in. Uh, can't even remember the name. I of I don't know it. who she is. Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Oh my gosh! <laughs> Fast Times Original High. <laughs> Fast Times at Ridgemont High with Sean Penn in the 1970s. Uh, I can't I believe seen you've it. seen that. Who hasn't? Other than she anyone. hasn't. <laughs> I'm going to cut that out. Don't worry. Uh, but so as I was like, I'm like, all of these, like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Oh, yeah, that person, you know, but I, it wasn't really like anything until I got to the duo, <laughs> uh, Alicia Silverstone and Liv Tyler. Uh. They were both in that Aerosmith video. Oh, and then later, yeah. like, it was just Alicia Silverstone that was in that. And I was like, oh, yeah, Alicia Silverstone. <laughs> like, if I had to pick one person, it probably would have been, uh. been her. Yeah. Hmm. All right. See, even when I say it, none of you guys are like, eh, eh, okay. You know? <laughs> I don't know what else to say. Because it's a guy talking about a girl. Yeah, that's probably true. Oh, I yeah. see. She, you know, she was also in Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Mia Sarah. Yeah. She was Ferris's girlfriend. Right. Mia, yeah. Yeah, she is cute. She's not that cute, but she's cute. Right. She's kind of, I liked how she dressed in Ferris Bueller's Day, though. But great show, by the way. Right. All right. Well, I guess that's it today. <laughs> it's been a long one. See I think that's a dumb conversation for a podcast. <laughs> okay.
I well, you can cut it, cut it down. I, it's still okay to do. I'll just cut it completely out. You don't have Stick to. With Thanksgiving. No. One. I, I like soured you when I said names, didn't I? When I, I said. Know. Yeah, I guess. Does that bother you? No, I don't know. I just think it's shallow. I think if I were listening to a podcast, I would be like, how long? You can tell me their opinions. Just do a little bit and then cut the rest. Yeah. I okay. Think, I think because that might people think about themselves, like what they mm. think. See you next time.